So thank you for joining us today. Uh, as always, our agenda is to let you know what we've been up to since we last spoke and the things we're currently working on, things that are teed up for us in the near future, and then give you a chance to ask any questions or give us any feedback. Feel free to interrupt along the way if questions come up as I address different things. Sometimes it's easier to uh, ask it when you're thinking about it. So feel free to do that. Uh, so I want to jump in with our work on um, with the skilled nursing facilities. And as I mentioned on last town hall, we have mostly completed that project. The majority of the skilled nursing facilities are live sending us data. 33 of the 35 are live. And of those, 25 are sending both ADTs and care summaries. The ADTs are what is used to feed the event notification service, which, you know, our um, ACOs in particular care an awful lot about that. It was primarily at their urging that we were able to get this contract in place and get, get it going. The care summaries, the CCDs, have just been more problematic. For, for a supposed standard, it isn't implemented in a very standard way. And uh, we are getting such a wide variety of things that uh, that it's very difficult to get it normalized and ingested in a usable way into the community health record. So we continue to work on the ones that are not yet successfully in production, uh, but it's a slog, I'll just tell you. Uh, so that is um, is moving much more slowly than we had hoped, but the primary value that the ACOs and other users of event notification services receive is just knowing when a patient has moved in or out of a skilled nursing facility. And so, you know, that's moving along very well. And the feedback we're getting from the ACOs is they're very, very pleased with um, with this new level of insight that they're getting. I did tell you something at last month's uh, town hall that I've got to retract. <laughs> so one of the things that we have been working on is parsing information from claims and from care summaries into the appropriate buckets, if you will, in the community health record. And I just referred to CCDs. That, that has been extremely challenging. But as of last month's town hall, I told you that we had claims data, pharmacy data from claims in production, and I spoke a little too soon. There is still some testing that is uh, taking place there, and I see Erica's on the call. So, Erica, could you give us an up-to-the-minute update on where we stand with the pharmacy claims data? Okay, so as of yesterday, I was able to run a few uh, examples through for Express Scripts. So what we're going through is we're taking a couple of examples, running them through, see how they display, and then moving that one in that actual source, pharmacy source, into production. I have not moved Express Scripts into production as of yet, but I'm hoping to do so by the end of the week and move on to the next pharmacy. Uh, so, so you're I've doing been... it one pharmacy at a time then? Yes, I want to make sure that there's not any specific requirements or things that we need to do for a specific pharmacy because their claims files are definitely different in, in mm -hmm. many aspects. Okay. 
that's where we are. So we, the, the logic has been uh, implemented in production. We just haven't processed uh, data from the pharmacies through because we want to validate and make sure everything displays as it should. Okay. Yeah, and it's disappointing that this has not gone faster, but sometimes fast is the enemy of good. And when it comes to data in the community health record that everybody relies on for patient care, uh, we can't let fast uh, trump good. So I think we would all love it if this had moved more quickly, but uh, much better that we take the time and ensure that it's done right. And that when you start to see it in the community health record, you can have confidence in it. So uh, there's where that stands at the moment. Of course, another major ongoing activity for us is the work on replacing our community health record front end. We have selected a uh, supplier for that. Contract negotiation is in progress, and I don't want to announce publicly uh, who has received the, the contract until it's finalized. We don't anticipate any problems, but you know, you never know. <laughs> so we we are preferring to kind of hold that one until the contract is executed and uh, we're really ready to begin. But we're very close and expect to have the contract wrapped up by the end of this month. And then the real fun begins. Uh, we get to start on the development and testing cycles. The intent, the plan right now, is that development and testing will occur throughout the spring and summer, and beginning in roughly October-ish, we will start doing waves of rollouts into production with uh, live users. So a lot of things can happen between now and then, so stay tuned. We will keep you informed. And um, so far, so good. We're, we're very pleased with what we're seeing so far. Another project that has been underway for quite some time and is, again, has taken just way longer than I anticipated, is developing a single sign-on-like solution for our Epic Hospitals. We have been working with Nemours to pilot a solution that enables them to call data from DIN through their eHealth Exchange connection. And they are successfully retrieving documents from DIN through eHealth Exchange, but they are seeing some duplicates that we don't see. And we're working through trying to understand why that's happening um, so that when we go out to the other Epic hospitals and invite them to implement this same solution, we kind of know what to expect, where some of the trouble spots might be, and we'll be able to give them guidance uh, going in. So again, I'd invite my team, is there any additional feedback that anybody could provide on where we stand with, with uh, that EPIC initiative? Hearing none, I will move on. Um, high trust. Uh, we have submitted all of our required documentation to support our high trust recertification. And it's a waiting game right now. We're just waiting to hear back from the high trust organization uh, what 
what the status is of that. So we we have every confidence that we will indeed be certified, but it ain't done till it's done. <laughs> uh, Denise, I see you there. Is there anything additional you'd like to say about that? Um, Janet was um, just about it. I will say that the QA period for high trust is at, it just started on uh, February 12th. Um, so we're actually in QA. And so we should be expecting to hear back from um, high trust soon. Very good. Okay. And I see a question here in the chat from Gina. <clears throat> uh, does DIN feed into Epic payer platform functionality? To be honest with you, Gina, I'm not even familiar with it. So certainly at this time, the answer would be no. Uh, but if that's something that you believe would be valuable, we should probably talk about it because I'm not even familiar with that. And I don't know whether anybody else on the DIN team is. Okay, it's something that um, Bay Health specifically has, so I'd be interested, maybe down the line. Um, okay. Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I think it would be useful for us to maybe have a conversation about, you know, what is it, what is the business need, and right. how how would DIN fit into that? Yeah. That's we want sure. to be helped the way that we can. Sure. Yeah, it's not even stood up yet on our end. It's something we're looking for. Um, so I was just asking uh, when you were talking about the Nemours single sign-on solution in the future and maybe working with other Epic hospitals, uh, I was just thinking from that framework with Bay Health having Epic and our potential solution in the future working with them and, and they have Epic payer platform, you know, what that might look like. So, you know, being as this could be a, a conversation in the future. So I'm just going to put it in my, you know, thinking cap. Okay. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. To the degree that DIN can play a role and save other people effort, you know, we'd, we'd certainly be interested in finding out how we could help. So. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Now, there are a number of projects that are either currently in flight or teed up to begin in the very near future. One of them is onboarding VA and DOD through eHealth Exchange to be able to access data on their members from DIN. Obviously, we've got both the VA facilities and Department of Defense <coughs> here at Dover Air Force Base, and many of those people do get care in the civilian community. And so the ability for VA and DOD to access the, the data that, that is generated from those encounters in a civilian setting is very important for them for continuity of care for their members. So we certainly want to support it. Um, not surprisingly, they are really, really picky <laughs> about um, these connections and security and, uh, you know, doing it all exactly right. So uh, we, we're having to jump through a few hoops that we have not had to with others, but it's important as a veteran myself, and we have a number of other vets on, on staff here at DEN, um, I very much appreciate the importance and the value of this work for, for our um, brothers and sisters in arms. So we're going to do everything we can to help. Uh, we are also 
um, getting ready to begin an integration with a new EHR, that is MedENT. That is a new project that kind of popped up after we had already kind of developed our work plan for the year. Uh, but certainly, anytime we're able to integrate with a new EHR, um, that's a that's a value proposition that we definitely want to uh, to take on. So that work should be beginning soon. Uh, we have been working with Limestone M MRI. They are updating their radiology information system. And of course, that requires that the interface that they use to send data to us needs to be updated as well. That work has been in progress. It's very close to completion. And I suspect that before next town hall, uh, we will have that one over the finish line. Behavioral health. We had talked about Sun Behavioral Health becoming a data center into DIN. We got a very modest amount of grant funding th from the state through the ARPA money that was made available in support of various COVID issues. And uh, we were really looking forward to that. And then things kind of languished and we weren't sure that it was going to happen. But those conversations with Sun Behavioral Health have resurrected. Now, the issue for us at this time is that they really prefer a different technical approach than was outlined in the grant proposal. And so we've got to go back to the state and verify whether the change in approach will still qualify for the grant funds. So fingers and toes crossed on this one. We really are eager to get additional behavioral health data into um, this, the community health record and available to users. I think everybody feels that that would be quite valuable. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. So we're, we're hoping that this will still work out, but it is not fully known at this time. So just letting you know that. Um, I think also many of you are aware that Medicaid now has a new managed care organization. There are now three. And um, Centene, uh, doing business in Delaware as Delaware First Health, is the newest MCO. And we are in the process of working with them to onboard them to the payer suite of services that DEN offers. So, you know, more to come on that as time goes by. We've also, I believe, executed a contract with NJ2, which is the oversight body for health information exchange in New Jersey. And with our work there, we should be getting data on Delawareans seen anywhere in a participating New Jersey facility. So we already get a little modest amount from NJ Shine, which is the HIE that covers Southern New Jersey. And that's probably where we're going to get the, the greatest number, just if you look at a heat map. But we already know from our work with Pennsylvania that uh, it's not just the areas immediately contiguous to Delaware that that people go to. So we are looking forward to expanding our footprint in terms of receiving data on Delawareans from other states. Now, the claims database is an ongoing service line that we that we are very interested in. 
you know, the number of projects in flight there fluctuate over time because unlike uh, the community health record and some of our, our more traditional services where people subscribe to it and then on an ongoing basis, they are receiving that service. The analytics service line is different. You know, people come to us project by project by project requesting analytics services for a specific question that they're trying to answer. So this number goes up and down over time. As of this morning's report, (laughs) uh, as I understand it, we have in flight four projects on behalf of the state. We have an additional one that is coming from a non-state funded organization. And we have a handful of internal housekeeping projects that we're doing to just, um, you know, modernize, be efficient, automate some things that are currently manual and taking a lot of time and just uh, kind of speed that along. There's about, uh, I believe, another five projects that are in the exploration and planning stages right now. So that little team manages to stay pretty busy. And we think it's going to only get more so as we are able to get all of our new participation agreements from the data senders executed that will grant us the um, ability to incorporate clinical data as well as claims data into some of these analytic uh, projects. So um, that team is is busy and going to get more so. We have uh, had a a third-party consultant come in to help advise us on our analytic service line, you know, how we can best grow that service and best meet the needs of our market. Um, There's a lot of tools out there and people are already using some things and we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're trying to find the white space where there is an unmet need and see what we can do to help address that. So we are very close to the end of our engagement with Maestro Strategies on that. They have given us some really great feedback, and we got some homework to do. We've we've got some work cut out for us to really get that service line humming and serve the really important role that I believe it has the potential to serve in, in our health ecosystem in Delaware. Then I also have um, mentioned in previous town halls that we have a number of internal projects that we're working on. I I don't list them out one by one because you don't really care. They don't directly impact you. Uh, But they fall under what, if you're a fan of Stephen Covey, if if you're familiar with his seven habits of highly effective people, um, he's got a principle called sharpen the saw. And the idea there is, you know, if you're too busy cutting down trees to sharpen the saw, you get to the place where you just aren't able to cut down very many trees. And there's a lot of truth in that in many ways. There are things that just have to be done to keep us cutting edge. And they, you know, you've got to upgrade to the latest version of different tools that we use. You've got to... uh, figure out when is the right point in time to take advantage of an emerging technology. You've got to 
automate things that are taking a lot of time for manual processing. So these are the kinds of ongoing things that uh, that I am talking about when we mention our internal projects. You get the indirect benefit of that in terms of greater efficiency on our part, um, but you don't see the value of each individual project as we, as we do it. So um, that's kind of the world of DIN at this point in time. And I would be happy to take any questions or any feedback that you have for us would be most welcome. I'm just curious if there is any movement in the process of NCQA certification. Um, I can't say an unqualified yes. Uh, it is a very laborious uh, process. It, it's not something that you can do quickly. It, it is many, many months of effort and validation of, you know, all the things that have to be done. It's a huge amount of work. And it's work that we did not slot for this fiscal year. We are evaluating it very thoughtfully to decide, um, is this something we can do? And if so, what? Uh, at what point in time are we going to be able to take that on? So I want you to know that it has not dropped off our radar, but we are not actively pursuing it at this moment. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. So I need to let you know that for March, we've got to move the town hall out a week. We normally have it the second Wednesday of each month. I am going to be out of town and unavailable that week. And so we need to move it out to March 15th. So announcements will go out to the people who are the usual participants um, and it'll be on our website and so forth. But uh, you, you may want to adjust your calendar accordingly that this next month it will be on the 15th rather than on the, um, the second Wednesday. Of the Okay, um, so I think that is a wrap for today. So uh, thank you all very much for attending. And we really do appreciate your ongoing interest in DIN. And we want to serve however we're able to serve. So please talk to us and let us know how we can do better. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>